Welcome to Tana Talks, where we ask those involved in restaurant technology and innovation to share their story and help inspire others. I'm your host, Tama Looney, and today I'm joined by Kristen Zupanzik, who is at Global Payments and heads up our customer engagement solutions. Welcome, Kristen. It's great to have you with me today. Thanks, Tama. Great to be here. All right. To get us started, could you tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do? Yeah, so I'm responsible for bringing customer engagement solutions across global payments. And more specifically, what that means is products such as customer-facing mobile solution, loyalty, gift, email marketing, bringing these solutions to our merchants that they can communicate then to their consumers. And I've been with the company for years. Um, I've you know started out as a project manager, worked in services, and now really um, from what I've learned from being in those roles, I'm able to take and have this more product focus uh, on how we can solve problems for our merchants and our customers. That's great. So for those of us that are maybe not as familiar with global payments, would you mind outlining really what what it is that global payments does? Yeah. So, uh, you know, at their core, global payments is a payment processing um, company, but, you know, uh, Throughout the, I would say, even the four years that I've been here, they've made a lot of acquisitions to buy different software companies and in the merchants they serve in their size and in the vertical they support. So for Heartland, Heartland specifically, they're very focused on small merchants, one store operators to maybe mid-market, 100 store, and all the way up to Xenial, which is more enterprise, where they're supporting brands like Taco Bell and Burger King. So um, as a result of that, you know, in my role, it, it's really looking at that whole landscape of the merchant size and the vertical they're in to provide a solution that, that can best work for them. And also, you know, that we can scale across those different verticals and sizes. We are focusing on innovation during this series, Kristen. So can you tell me a little bit about what that word means for you and how you foster it yourself and with your team? Yes. So, you know, when I think about innovation, you know, the first thing that comes to mind would be actually an active listener. I mean, maybe that that seems a little cheesy, but I do think that it's you can it can uh, span in different ways. Uh, just being a listener, identifying patterns. Um, I'll use an example. So I previously, well, I have a degree in plastics engineering and my job before I came to Global Payments was a technical service engineer. So I would be called out to different customers, manufacturing lines that, was, that were bottling plants. So think about, you know, your bottled water, it's a bottle, it's a cap, goes down this whole assembly line. And I would be called out to, um, there was a problem and I had to go there and, and try to identify what it was. And so you know, on these big assembly lines, there's multiple different pieces to it that are that create that whole package. And um, just because maybe something was broken and, and going wrong at, you know, point B, that might not have been where the actual issue was. It could be further up the line, you know, at point C or D. And so, you know, I think about that when it comes to innovation, because I could have just tried to solve what was going on where the problem was, but it was really just about taking a step back and looking at the bigger picture and all the different pieces to it and in really helping to work on, you know, not just with the the company that I was there to help support, but also across different subject matter experts in those different pieces that say machinery on the line, because, you know, we were trying to solve these problems. And so 
I, I, I think about that in terms of innovation because I brought that learnings to what I do today at Global Payments. And we just recently had, um, you know, when we're trying to solve complex problems, we think, oh, well, you know, it's probably the services team. I'll, I'll just use that because I was on services, right? So, um, oh, it's the services team problem. It, they keep making this mistake and it's it's probably them that needs to solve it. But that's really not who needs to solve it, right? It's it's actually getting feedback and perspective from different groups along that whole process um, from the the time we're innovating and thinking about what should we put in our product to the to the point where someone's actually using it and, you know, sending out an email. So there's different people along that that path. And so when I think about innovation, it's it's hearing those different um, listening to different people, listening to different teams um, with different skill sets and being able to connect the dots, bring it all together to find something that ultimately we all are happy and agree with and and we feel successful in what we're we're putting out there. I love that. And I completely see that in you on a daily basis. We do work together now at Global Patents, but you are an active listener. And I noticed that you encourage your team to do that as well. So what type of teams or team members do you look for? Uh, to encourage you? And if if they don't have that skill, how do you help to encourage that with them? I think that, I mean, it's two parts. One, um, you know, I really try to put the vision and the purpose and goal of what we're trying to accomplish first and foremost, uh, before maybe I bring a team in to uh, be faced with some challenge that we need to to overcome. And so one, I'm a little bit brute force. I'm like, okay, here, we're doing it. Let's go, you know. But then when I see there's people that maybe uh, are struggling with the value of it or they might not feel that they have some responsibility to it, that's when I will will start to connect with them more one-on-one, understand maybe where they're coming from, um, how I can help support them so that they do feel that they can be a part of that, that larger group to to bring something to life that we, that we all know. I mean, I think a lot of times we're, when I listen to people, they're all saying the same thing, but they're all saying it differently. So I think, again, it's just like making it relatable to each person so they can hear the, maybe the other people on the team's point of view. Excellent. So I love, I love, love that, um, you know, what you bring to the table in terms of innovation. When have you been able to use that perhaps in the last few years here at Global Payments to really help to either foster innovation through the products or foster innovation through the process or services? Yeah. So, uh, so back in 2019, when I was still leading the professional services uh, group for enterprise clients, we were having a lot of pain on the service side in regard to uh, how successfully we could execute on marketing campaigns. And we, this was, uh, we were averaging about six errors a month. So that was about a 70 or I'm sorry, a 97% accuracy rate in our success to send campaigns. And this was causing tons of pain point. You know, the team wasn't feeling, um, it was like every week there was something going wrong. They just couldn't get, get ahead. Uh, I could really see that it was bringing the teams, the, the services team down. And, and really that influences others around them, the, the dev teams, the product teams. Uh, and so one of the things that I put 
you know, I was hearing that pain. Obviously we were having to then work with our clients to, you know, always remediate and never, you know, getting ahead on that. So one of the things that I took from my previous experiences doing green belt, uh, like green belt lean processes, six Sigma. And I knew I wanted, I knew the value of that. And I wanted to bring that to the team, but I didn't want to package it up calling, you know, here, we're going to do this green belt exercise because I didn't think I was really going to get buy-in because I, I know that it wasn't really commonly used um, at the organization. So I, you know, rebranded as like putting together this cross-functional team that's going to, you know, identify where the pain points were. And that was really bringing in services, development, product, you know, our QAs, you know, support teams and really trying to, because I wanted to get different perspectives from each person. So with that process, we broke down every component of it right in the beginning, we identified that it wasn't just necessarily the person executing the campaign, but it was other points along the the process that was causing these errors. So, um, you know, just following the steps of Greenbelt, we went through, we defined it, you know, we um, started focusing on certain areas of it. And then by November of that year, so this was, you know, June, we had probably our worst month uh, at 95% accuracy rate. And by November that year, we ended up hitting one of our milestone goals, which was getting to 99.5% accuracy rate on campaigns. So, you know, I think at the beginning, the teams were like, uncomfortable, I don't want to do this. This is different and weird. (laughs) But what I think they saw that the success just within even that same year, um, I think it brought a little bit more credibility to like to go through that, that exercise and put the time in and um, it, and really since then we have constantly been above our, uh, the goal and hitting hundred percent even, um, within the last couple of years. So, so that was, I would say was a, probably a, a good example. Yeah, that's great. And kudos to you because we did have our longest run of a hundred percent, which is almost what, 250 days. Was, yeah. Something yeah, insane. Huge. Uh, Great track record. So, so we appreciate that. Our clients definitely appreciate that and the entire team appreciates that. All right. So for this podcast, we are primarily focused on the restaurant industry. So I know you do work across a lot of variety of our partners, but I want you to think um, about the restaurant industry. <clears throat> and if you think about it, the restaurant re- industry really is the backbone of America. So It's interesting, too, when you look at industry statistics, that women and men enter the industry about the same rate. It's a great first-time job. So basically, 50% of the entry-level positions in the restaurant industry are filled by women. So one of the things that I want to talk about is diversity within the restaurant space. Um, And as we've seen, only 18% of the C-level positions are filled with women on the restaurant side. So as someone that partners with restaurant brands and understands these industries, what are you seeing? Do you see any change? Um, you know, how do you feel about those metrics and overall looking at the restaurant space versus some of your other verticals that you're supporting? Do you think that there is a problem with diversity in this, or do you think that perhaps maybe it's changing? I mean, that's a good question. I think, you know, I can speak my personal experience. I've always been, in the minority when it comes to men and women. I mean, I studied engineering, so I was the only female in my graduating class. Um, you know, even in manufacturing, it's very male dominated. I think so. Part of me, I, I, you know, if I speak 
for me personally, even when coming into technology, I was like, oh, this is weird. Why is it this? Why is it like this over here, too? I, you know, I just assumed it was more in that manufacturing engineering space. So I was, I would say, surprised at first um, that it was still very male dominated. But, you know, I, I would say for, yeah, I don't know that I'm noticing any trends specifically. I, I will always support and encourage women to be to leaders in any industry they're in. Um, there's no reason why we shouldn't be doing it. I don't even think about that when I wake up every day, like, oh, I'm, I'm a woman. I'm going to go break some, you know, shatter some glass ceilings. It's like, <laughs> I'm just going to be passionate about what I'm passionate about and just get it done and do it. And so I think what I can bring to the people around me um, in our, in our industry, in our space is just hopefully that passion, that encouragement, that influence that, you know, they shouldn't use, uh, their gender any reason why they can't be and do what they want to do. Absolutely. And I think global payments has a great, I would say maybe even insulation for women as you know, they really are focused on diversity. Uh, we have a lot of great initiatives. We've won a lot of great awards here. Um, so, you know, and, and one of the things that I've seen in working with the enterprise level is there, there does seem to be a rise of women in some of the, the more technical spaces, which I, I, I again, agree. Um, and I think I, from a diversity perspective, you bring a lot. So Kristen, just so everyone on this podcast knows, is a new mom. So tell me a little bit about how that has been juggling the work-life balance um, and COVID. I think that's a great, a great thing that a lot of our listeners are dealing with as well. So how have you managed? Have you managed? Like, how do you feel? Yeah, uh, listen, I am, I, I, I feed off of experience and uh, in my life journey. And now that I know what it's like to be a working mom, I have so much respect for badass working moms out there because (laughs) to juggle, you know, um, being on meetings and pumping and doing all the things, it's just like, you know, it, it's crazy. And, and, and I feel very fortunate that we are in, in quarantine because I can handle that all from right, literally from my daughter's bedroom. Um, and so it's, you know, I feel, you know, blessed in that, in that standpoint. But, you know, I think the thing with last year, um, you know, if we speak, think about COVID specifically, really my theme of last year was focus, 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 like what is important anymore. And, um, you know, I, I wanted to bring that to my teams, um, last year, you know, I really wanted to focus on my team. That was, that was, you know, to get even more granular. And so I had recently read some of Brene Brown's books and I wanted to bring that to my team because it really, I really appreciated a lot of the things that she writes about and the research she does, because I think it actually connected a lot of dots for me and what I was looking for. And I wanted to um, bring that, that leadership perspective to my team. So there was that focus, there was focus on what is our, um, what are the products that we are going to build this year and what is going to best serve our customers as their worlds are changing. So, you know, what does our focus need to be? Um, Obviously, I know it's going to be out of maternity. So again, what was the focus? Like, I couldn't do all the things. In, in, and so how could I set my teams up best uh, for success while I would be out? And then really rolling then into um, this year, 
in that that theme of focus. Uh, I reread the book, the the one thing which I uh, that's going to be my book plug um, is is fantastic because again it goes back into focus. Um, I spent a lot of time at the end of the year thinking about what the vision is for our products uh, at Global for my team, just so we could go into this year again, just the being focused, working on what matters. And, um, and I think that's really ends up being the theme. That's great. You got to be focused when you're a, a parent too, because, <laughs> you know, you can't do all the things I, I recognize. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so that, that was really, you know, what matters, focusing on what matters. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the reasons that I am such a champion for diversity, we can't all be working moms. We shouldn't all be working moms. We should have a diverse group of people that are working, but we do add a different perspective than, you know, single income male providers uh, or, you know, and then again, diversity in terms of ethnicity and background and religion, all things that help us to build better products to build better teams. Uh, so that's one of the my passion points and why I started this podcast was to dig into some of our experiences and really help to understand why that helps us to be successful in our career. So Kristen, you were chosen because you have been an inspiration to me along my career. I would love to hear who or what inspires you. And I think you just did a great job of starting that with Brene Brown and uh, The One Thing, which is a phenomenal book we've read here. Uh, you know, are there any others that you'd like to give a shout out to or any other books or, uh, you know, people that have been instrumental in your career? I, I mean, that you kind of hit it when you were talking about your you value diversity. And, and I mean, when I think about inspiration, I don't think there's any one person that inspires me. It's it's really a culmination of my experiences and connecting with others. I mean, entrepreneurs inspire me. Um, minorities inspire me, um, my parents inspire me, you know, so it's, it's like all these people I've sort of met through my life journey have helped inspire me, uh, influence who Kristen is and what, and helping me better identify my strengths and what I can bring to the people around me and the connections I can, I can build. It's, it's really, I, I know it's very general, but I, I, I find that question always hard because, it's not like I look at Gordon Ramsay and I'm like, man, he's an amazing chef. I'm going to be a chef someday. Like I, that, that's not really who I am. I, I am a little bit more free where I just like to see how life takes me and the journey and, and the people I meet around along the way. And, and that's what, you know, I'm always on this path of what brings joy and, and love and fun to, to life. So that's my inspiration. I completely see that. Yeah. All right. So thinking about your role now, you've been here for four years. Um, what grabbed your attention about global payments or Xenial? I believe you started in one of our uh, brands. What grabbed your attention about the role that you were looking at? And really, what um, are some common things that you're looking at now for you know what your next step is or um, could be? I mean, it really fostered on I think this this part of me that just likes a challenge and something new and fresh and different and being okay with it it not being okay. I mean, I didn't know 
I didn't even know what an API was when I got hired for this job, you know, and I was just, I, I remember just Google searching it <laughs> because I was just <laughs> clueless. I don't know anything about technology, but I, I really embraced the opportunity to, to learn a new industry to, um, you know, I got hired as a project manager. So just coming in and it's that, again, I think it's the way I'm wired from like an engineering mindset maybe is that breaking things down to like build them back up more efficiently or effectively uh, for the greater good for more than just myself. Uh, so I think that's what, what really brought me into global payments and just, and why it, and how that translates now is, you know, there's um, we have a lot of different assets across global payments. So, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously focused on my kind of core products, but what does that look like when we can take one of my products and integrate it with something in another business? And what does that look like? And how do we bring something new and different? And like, let's just try it. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm a planner though at my core. So it's like, let's have like a rough plan, but it can have some blurry lines and let's just go in and let's just do it. And so, you know, I think that's, that's just kind of the way I'm wired and, and how I'm now trying to bring that forward to the things I'm doing today with, uh, with the different businesses across Global for our clients. Great. So what are some things that you're curious about right now in terms of, you know, thinking about your role and specifically to customer engagement? I understand that Global Payments is a public company and there are some things that are proprietary and that you can't share, but thinking through things that you can share um, what are some things that you're curious about right now? What are you looking to do in ter terms of innovation with those products uh, that you can share and gain, you know, just get some excitement around some of the great initiatives? I know what they are, but I don't I don't know what you can share and what you can't. So any of those would be great. Yeah. So, I mean, we just announced a partnership with Google. And, you know, one of the things I'm excited about is what does that look like and how do we bring our products and solutions to the small merchant? My sister is, uh, you know, a small business woman. And so she is really good at her craft. And one of the things I'm like, well, let me build your website. Let me let me set you up on Google. Let me I want to, like, understand what it would be like to be in her shoes to then say, well, what now? How does the partnership with Google look like in what we're trying to do um, to help her and help her grow her business? And so, you know, that's one of the things that we're that I'm definitely excited to see how that evolves. I mean, I know what we're going to do this year, but what does that partnership look like over the next 10 years? And, and how can we continue to be innovative and um, not just help her, but even creating better consumer experiences? Um, you know, what are we all doing right now? We're ordering things online. So, you know, how are we making that easier for the user? Um, you know, I mean, we we get Indian food down the street. Right. And they they actually hate all of their technologies that they say, just call us and place an order. And I'm like, oh, see, I want to support the small business, but I also want to help them with some of their technology problems or, or the, those pain points. So how can we create better solutions so that um, they find value in the technology and it helps them? And so it's not just adding another to do to their their long to do list as a small business owner. And how. Does loyalty play into this? Is this something that you see changing due to COVID? Is this something that you see um, is, you know, becoming more and, and is loyalty itself changing? So, uh, you know, with loyalty, it's it's not just this black and white. Oh, we put a points program in and, and you know, consumer earns points and then they get a reward and then 
transaction over. It, it loyalty isn't really that black and white to me. It's more about um, providing the different brands we work with and, and the small merchants more information about their consumers' uh, behavior, so they know how to take action on it. And so that's you know that's where I see um, in the future. It's it might not just be putting in this like simple loyalty program where the consumer has to come in and give their phone number or give their email address. And then, you, and then the merchant, you know, keeps learning about, um, that person, that specific person like Tama or Kristen. But, you know, some of the things we're thinking about in the future is, you know, what if every time you swipe a credit card, we, the, you just start learning about this person. It it's, doesn't matter if it's Tama or Kristen, it could be anonymous, but it's starting to give you, uh, as a merchant, a little bit more information about, your different kind of customers um, and their behavior with your brand. And so whether it's direct or indirect ways you're taking action by sending different marketing campaigns or uh, posting things on social media, it really shouldn't matter um, because you're, you're just getting more information, more insights uh, about your, your customer base as a whole. Kristen, I like to leave on the same question every time. So what is your best tip for making the world a better place? I would have to go back to something I said earlier about just listening, experiencing, talking to people. I mean, one of the, I think the the most valuable things we can do is just get out and talk to someone you never talked to before or go visit a place you've never visited um, because you just get such, such new perspectives on culture and people's, you know, hobbies. I mean, I would say to go back to, my experience on working in some of these manufacturing plants, I couldn't believe how many different hobbies people have, you know, it just, just blew my mind, you know? So I think that that, you know, opening up your mind to hearing other people's perspectives or um, what they're interested in and making those connections, I really think can make the world a better place. I love it. And I can totally see that in you. So, all right. So again, I want to thank my guest, Kristen Zupanzik who leads customer engagement at Global Payments um, for joining us today and helping to continue to inspire me and hopefully our listeners as well. So we're looking forward to watching the great ways, Kristen, you continue to innovate and inspire your team. I also want to thank our audience for joining us today. If you want to reach out to me directly, you can email me at tama.looney at globalpay.com. So that's it for Tama Talks today. Tune in as we continue to feature restaurant professionals, and industry professionals who create, inspire, and innovate and are continually pushing others to do the same. Thanks again, Kristen. Thank you. If you have any questions about what you heard today or would like to suggest a topic or guest for an upcoming episode, we want to hear from you. You can reach us at tablestakes at zenial.com. Tablestakes is produced by Michael Kowalski. Our audio engineer is Joseph Hawk, and I'm your host, Andy Grindstaff.